Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. I actually gave a title for today's message. It happens once in a while. It's called The Power of a Holy Groan. The Power of a Holy Groan. There comes times in our lives, maybe some of you are experiencing right now, because the world seems to. Everything seems to be in chaos. Everybody's declaring their own truth. Everybody says they know the way, but everybody's getting lost. And for a world that seems to be getting better, as they tell us, on the other hand, we seem to be going to hell in a handbasket. And as a believer, we try to navigate life and we try to go through everyday life and we have to do all the things that are normal to life, the challenges of life. It starts when you get up in the morning and you decide whether to get out of bed or not. And if you have kids, that decision is made for you. And all the things you face, and when you get to work, do I have to compromise today, or can I stand true to my values? As we meet with friends who have differing opinions, can we still show our love and lovingly disagree? It's hard. And then we face challenges of sickness of depression, of anxiety, of oppression. We face the challenges of our children walking in the ways of the world. And it brings us to a place where we don't even know what to say anymore. We try to find words to pray and nothing seems to come out. We want to say the right things to express to God how we are feeling and we're at that point of no return. We're at that point of the highest despair and we just sit there and nothing seems to come out of our mouth. And we start going, God, what's happening? Have you let go of my hand? This is a scripture I want to share with you today, and we're going to start, and if you know me a little bit, I like just to start and then just kind of keep going as I go. So, John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick. That pretty much settles the story, doesn't it? He was sick. Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet and went in her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, 
This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Let me stop there for a second. Some of you are looking at death in the face. It may be actual because of sickness or something. It may be because you're looking at a situation. You've been looking at that same situation for 40 years and nothing's changed. And you're saying, maybe it's just dead. And the word of the Lord to you this morning is, this is not unto death. There is a resurrection coming. It may look like it's finished. Somebody's warming up to sing, but it's not over. Because God is going to get the glory in this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I know everybody likes to talk about Martha and Mary. And we only talk about Mary. And we make Martha look kind of like, you know, she's the busybody and she's always busy doing other things. But thank God for the Marthas. If the Marthas weren't doing their stuff, the Marys couldn't be doing their stuff. And Marthas usually are the firstborn. Yes, throwing that in there. But here it says Jesus loved Martha too, so it's good. So when he had heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered and said, are they not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about the rest, taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Jesus gets word that his friend is sick, he's going to die. And Jesus decides, I'm going to hang out where I am for two more days. What? Don't you know, Jesus, we need you right now? And you decide you're going to stay for another couple days? I'm sick now. I don't need you to come later. Right? Like, if I'm hungry now, I want to eat now. I don't want to eat tomorrow. If I have a headache, I want to take something that's going to give me relief now, not the day after. And Jesus sits there and he goes, yeah, he's sick. I'm just going to, I'm going to be here a couple of days. I don't get it. 
but he does. Sometimes we need to give the Lord credit that he knows what he's doing and we don't. Just saying. He's God, we're not. He's the boss, we're not. He orchestrates our days, we don't. I'll be nice at the second service, so if this is a little heavy, come back. Jesus says, I'm going to stay here a couple days. And then all of a sudden he says, let's go. Lazarus is sleeping. And the disciples look at him like, well, if he's sleeping, that means he's going to be okay. They still don't get it. So then Jesus, it's, I love this in scripture, it says, Jesus plainly said to them, he's dead. There's no nice way to say it. I can't say he went to go meet Jesus. He's dead. He's going to meet me, but not there. He's going to meet me here. So he gets there. And something happens. As he's nearing the town, to save time, I'm going to start paraphrasing here. Martha runs out to meet him. Who came out first? Martha. Okay, just make sure you're following. Martha runs out to him. She meets him. And look what he says. She says. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Who was sulking? Just, Just saying it as it's here. Now Martha, as soon as she heard... Jesus came and went and met him, and Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Nice statement. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Did you hear what she said? Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have been alive. I don't care how you want to dissect that. That is a great statement of faith. And she goes a step further. And she says, even now, even now, something great can happen. Even now, God will do what you ask him. And then Jesus says, your brother will live. And she goes on to say, yes, I know he'll rise up on that day of resurrection. And Jesus says, stop. You just missed it. You just missed it. You were doing good. You were doing real good. (laughs) You were doing great. And then you got to the point, forgive me, these are new glasses and they're driving me nuts. got to the place but then you got distracted by your own theology please don't kill me on that on the podcast all right 
it. She said, if you had been here, he would have lived. And guess what? Even now you could do something great. And then he says, your brother will live. And then we try to compromise to fit our circumstance. So it makes it easier on us. Yeah, Lord, you're right. He will live on that resurrection. And Jesus, stop again. I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, wait a minute. It's not about something that we have to wait till that day. It's something I can experience right now because it's not something in the future. The future is standing right in front of me. I am the resurrection. But she didn't quite get it. She said, I believe you are the Christ. I love that. We say that all the time to Jesus. Jesus, we believe in you. We believe you're our savior. We believe you're our protector. We believe you're our healer. But when the going gets rough, I reach out for Smith and Wesson. It's okay, say ouch. If I don't understand it, I reach out for Google, WebMD, and every other MD and DD and EDDDDGG. Because it's easier to put faith in what I can see. So close, and yet she missed it. Said all the right things. Jesus finally gets there. And Martha, she went back, and she told Mary, go meet Jesus. Go meet Jesus. Even that Martha had to tell her what to do. But Mary gets out there and she sees Jesus and she falls at his feet and starts to weep. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Hey, wait a minute, didn't we just hear this? We just heard these same words. They came from Martha's mouth and she added to it. But here Mary comes and she falls at Jesus' feet and she says the same thing. And scripture says, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and those that came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Something happened to Jesus. Jesus was starting to get messed up. 
He was controlled up to then. He was talking well and he was, had everything planned out. But all of a sudden, Mary was at his feet and she was weeping. And all of a sudden, something started to stir within him. What was the difference? Same words. Martha actually went further. Martha declared, but Mary positioned herself. Martha declared, but Mary positioned herself. We live in a time where we all want to talk about power. Power, power this, power that. I got to show my power. I got to demonstrate how strong I am. If my truck is bigger than the other guy, I'm showing how much power I got. Does it have a Hemi? Don't get me wrong. I'm the guy that watches all those car, late old car auction shows and drools over each one. But it's about power. If I can just say it and I can demonstrate the power. But yet Jesus said, all authority is given to me. When you walk in authority, you don't have to show off your power. When you walk in authority, you don't have to show off your power. Mary sat silently and wept because she knew where the authority was. It rested with Jesus. And when she got there and she's weeping and he's looking, all of a sudden it brings us to that shortest verse in the Bible and every kid knows this. What? Jesus wept. What brought him to that place? There was a groan. There was a groan. Martha said all the right things. She could hold a great theological discussion. She could tell all the stuff you needed to know. And Jesus was sympathetic. But Mary got there. She fell at the feet and she started to weep. She said what she needed to say. But then she got to a place where nothing was left to come out of her mouth. And all that would come is tears. Tears. Jesus groaned within himself and he was troubled. Groaned. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Greek, but just, it's from the Greek, okay? And it means to be moved deeply. The American Dictionary made it easier. It said, it's denoting a deep, inarticulate sound, conveying pain and despair. We get to positions when we face certain challenges and we start arguing and we start saying things and we're asking 
and we're praying and we're seeking God and we're quoting scriptures and we're looking up all the prayer books that we've ever gotten. We get all those things and we say them to God and God's listening and all we keep saying and saying and we're going, God, nothing's happening yet. You're still hanging out somewhere for an extra couple of days. then we get to a place where we get on our knees and nothing comes out God I'm praying for my husband I'm praying for my wife I don't know what else to say I'm praying for my child they're sick or they're in the world, or they're being taken away. I don't know what else to say. But in that moment, there's a groaning within our Lord. And it moves him to a place where he starts walking towards the tomb. The Bible actually says again that Again, he groaned. I think it's verse 38. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. Again groaning. What's going on? When we've come to the end of our rope, it's the beginning of his. When we've come to the end of our rope, it's the beginning of his rope. He takes over. And he starts to move towards that tomb. Whatever that signifies in your life, he's moving towards it right now. It's been four days, Lord, I know. He stinketh. That just sounds so much better than he stinks, you know? He stinketh. It's like, whoa, gas mask time. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes out. Like the VeggieTales version, you know, hopping in all the clothes. The groan brings Jesus to the tomb, which leads to resurrection. In Acts... Chapter 7, 34, when it's talking about when God was looking down on his people, he says, I've heard their groaning. Stenagmos. Groan. A groan that comes out of feeling defeated. Anybody ever been there? We get to the place where we're saying, God, I know all the promises. 
I know all the words. I've said all the things I've had to say. I've said it. I've said I'm the head and not the tail. I've said I'm over, I'm not beneath. I am blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Every way, I know all those things, but right now, I got nothing. I got nothing. But Jesus sees and he hears. He brings us to a place of a groan. Romans 8.26 Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself who? The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We get to that place. I don't know what else to say. God, you know what's in my heart. I got nothing left. And then you stop because there's nothing left. And yes, sometimes the spirit comes in and you start going, and all of a sudden the spirit which knows better than we know the spirit that needs to knows the end at the beginning now starts praying through us to release what needs to come from heaven down to us and that's wonderful but then there are also times groan becomes a groan in heaven and that groan now releases that power the anointing that destroys the yokes and removes the burdens and sets the captive free and all of a sudden it's released upon you and resurrection comes Jesus when he was on the cross he shouted my God my God why have you forsaken me you know when Jesus was in the garden And he asked if the cup could pass. I know a lot of people like to say because he knew the horrendous death on the cross and all the suffering and all the sin of mankind would be upon him and how horrible that would be. I don't think that was the reason. Because he already knew that. He knew that before the foundation of the world. 
But one thing he knew was that there would come a moment in time where the father would turn his head. And the only time ever that the father and son were disconnected. The only time. And I believe that what was, was too much for Jesus to bear. And on the cross, he's quoting from the psalmist, where Psalm 22.1 actually says at the bottom, he says, with groaning. Right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my groaning. Jesus is on the cross and he groans. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To put it in today's easy language, I paraphrase it like this. Jesus was on the cross and he shouted, Daddy, why did you let go of my hand? But that groaning led to, it is finished. And it is finished led to, he is risen. You may be facing something today and it looks like death. It looks like death warmed over. I don't know why we say that. It looks like there's no out. And Jesus said, even to your gravest situation of death, I will bring resurrection because I am the resurrection. I am the life. If we would just get to a place and get past this thing where we have to know all the right things to say and have it at the right time, at the right place and raise my hand here and raise my hand there and, you know, jump up and down a little bit here and kneel there and do all that. No, just be honest with God. If you got nothing, say you got nothing. Let him be everything. In that groan, the power is unleashed and the spirit takes over and resurrection comes. Listen, my friend, I don't know what you're facing this very moment, but I haven't been able to get this message out of my head. And God even made sure that I didn't mess with it. Yesterday, I had all these things I was planning to do. I didn't feel good, so all I did was sleep. Sometimes you can mess up a good thing. But God is saying, stop looking at death and saying it's finished. It's finished always leads to there's resurrection. So I want us to do something right now. I want you to stand. And if I could get Jamal or Pastor Zach, whoever, 
I want you to close your eyes for a second. Not to treat you like children, but I just don't want you to be distracted. Forget about the guy next to you for a second. Forget about the lady next to you. I want you to, for a second, just think of what you are facing. What you are facing in your life right now. Whether it's family, whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's job, whether it's coworkers, whatever it might be. Maybe it's betrayal. Maybe it's feeling that you're invisible and nobody even knows you exist. Whatever it is that you're facing, Jesus wants to bring new life into it. And it not, doesn't matter on what you say or don't say. It's not on the fancy prayers or your fancy theology. All that is good and has its place. But when we are just open and honest with God, it creates a groaning within him. And he moves all the power of heaven to bring life back to you. And if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I'm facing something like that right now. As a simple act of surrender, will you raise your hands to the Lord? Now I want you to do something that's symbolic, but there's also power at the altar. I want you to move away from your seat and I want you to come up to this altar. And I just want you to get honest with God. I don't care what it is you're facing. Sometimes we face our own things and then sometimes we face things for others. Sometimes we just get involved in things we don't belong in. But they wear on us. And they tear us down. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection. It's not about tomorrow, the day after, or one day I'll die and I'll go to heaven. Jesus is right here. He's right here. Amos says, he says, I saw the Lord standing by the altar. He's right here. And he wants to minister life to you. start being honest with him. If you feel you want to just kneel, kneel. If you want to stand, stand. Whatever it is. But don't leave this place carrying death with you. Don't leave this altar carrying death with you. Because Jesus says, give it to me, I'll give you life. Jesus says, give it to me, I'll give you life. Give me your children, I'll give them back. Give me your finances, I'll give it back. Give me your fears. I'll give you courage. Give me your weakness. I'll give you strength. I'll show you that you're visible, not invisible. And you're visible to me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. Just like you did with the Israelites, you've seen 
their situation. You've heard their groanings. You've seen every tear and you've heard every cry. And you yourself have come down to rescue. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, release your anointing. Right now, burdens are being removed. Yokes are being destroyed. The thing that held you can't hold you anymore. The thing that scared you can't scare you anymore. The thing that hurt you can't hurt you anymore. Where there was lack, there is now a flowing of abundance. The prodigals are returning. Your spirit is being renewed. Hallelujah. Let's take a moment. Just pray and worship. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you, and have the best day of your life.